0: hello 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 everybody welcome back to the love on roll podcast i'm your host and i'm privileged to be joining here with steven and steven is awesome and i'll let him tell you more about himself um we do have a whole bio but in your own words steven how would you describe yourselves
1: (laughs) well first of all garrett thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast it's uh it's delightful to be here with you and having a conversation I am a accessibility specialist, real estate agent, a disability advocate, um, and a passionate uh person when it comes to housing issues for people with both physical and non-physical limitations. Um and uh I love working with people, I love advocating around housing. Um, and, uh, that's, that's sort of in a, in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, if you guys listened to my previous episode, here's the cool thing about networking like I've talked about on a previous podcast. So the guy that I interviewed previously, RJ, he actually introduced Steven and I. So that, that is just small world. And that's how the networking is so powerful. I, I, I tell you, I, I can't get over how many people that I've met, and you'll you'll see in a couple of weeks that we're gonna ha- we're gonna have someone else in the podcast that RJ again introduce me to that I work with, so it just it just you know
1: I am so delighted he introduced us, Garrett and r j was actually the first ever guest I had on my podcast
0: yeah you, you, you told me that like the first or third uh, interview right
1: I think it was the first or second, but it doesn't matter. He was one of the very, very first ones. My very first episode was all I had. Someone interview me. Why are you doing this podcast? You know, um, and then uh, RJ was either the second one or the third one.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. We'll we'll, we'll get into your podcast, but um, so I'm curious. So you told me when we were in inter when we were emailing back and forth to prepare for this podcast that you actually. You have CP, but you ignored your disability until you were in your 40s? Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so I have cerebral palsy, um, and uh, I was diagnosed, I was like four years old or something. I was actually in the hospital for a while, as I understand it, I don't remember any of this, before they diagnosed me, because what had happened was, I wasn't starting to walk in the normal time frame that parents expect their little babies to start walking. Um, and, uh, nobody seemed to know what was wrong because I didn't have any symptoms of any other problems, except I was, became a championship crawler.
0: <laughs> so,
1: so, um, eventually they diagnosed it as a very mild, uh, cerebral palsy. And so I have, uh, lived, you know, known about this my whole life. I remember when I was a little boy, I had a leg doctor. Um, and then when I was about, you know, uh, and, uh, about 17, 18, he basically said, you're fine. Go live your life. Don't bother me. I don't need to see you anymore. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was traumatized. It was, it was awful the way their office d- dealt with it. I can't That's a whole imagine. other story. Um, I uh, uh, And I did. I mean, I was raised by my parents. God bless them to be very independent and self-reliant and to ignore my disability, even though it would be obvious to anyone who saw me walk. And uh, so I got to my late 30s. uh, And I was wondering, you know, why am I still alone? Like, why have I not met, you know, uh, not met my beloved not met my true companion, the person who is meant for me? Why have I had so much trouble in my dating life? You know, um, why have I had so much trouble creating long lasting relationships? Um, and I started work on this uh and uh mostly just to you know uh a therapy that I went into and I discovered over the course of some months that um what was holding me back in a nutshell was my unwillingness to identify with myself and to not be uh and to overcome feelings of shame around my body and my body image um, and inadequacy, feelings of inadequacy around it. And, you know, uh, this is apparently, I learned later, very, very common for folks who have uh, physical um, challenges um, that they've had their whole lives, especially not late, not adult onset. And so um, after doing that work, within months, I met, uh, the woman who would become my uh, first wife, uh, 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 and then unfortunately she passed away and I, and then I was lucky enough to find another wonderful woman that I'm now with, who is my second wife. So.
0: Wow. You know, you know, that, that is, that is so amazing. And we have a lot of similarities. Um, very briefly, I will share as well. Um, first of all, I want to tell you guys that I will post Stephen's exact bio that he sent me in the show notes. It is quite funny. He is a he's a very school writer, and he talked about um, he he and his wife are apparently cat people, and they they live with their their cats. And just the way he wrote it, it's just very funny to me. And
1: no, the cats allow us to live with them.
0: Oh yeah, I got I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so you do say you like musicals, so we'll have to go into the end as we get as we close into the end of your. This interview like what you what your favorite musical is, and stuff because i 'm curious as to know what that is, unless you want to get into that very quickly
1: oh my god, um there are so many great musicals out there i mean i'm a cl- i'm a fan of classic broadway i'm a fan of modern broadway um I grew up watching The Music Man over and over and over again when it was on TV. Um, Oklahoma, I saw the first time in high school, I saw a high school production of it and just was blown away by it. So the classic stuff. But I'm also really taken by some of the more modern uh, Broadway uh, productions or West End London productions. Like one of my favorite all-time dramatical musicals is Les Miserables. Um, I just, I had the CD of it um and I listened to that so many times back when it first came out and yeah I could go on and on about that we could use a whole uh, all our time together Garrett just talking about the differences in different musical styles and uh, over and what are things we like and don't like for sure
0: (laughs) yeah yeah maybe maybe we'll have to have you back because I I plan to have you back for as as we talked about off um off this recording um for previous subsequent conversations, so maybe that could be a a, a conversation that we could have where we spent the whole sure. time together going over that that would be that would be very interesting and the portrayal of people with disabilities and Broadway and everything because there's a lot to get into there but I um, yeah, like
1: the portrayal of people with disabilities in Broadway shows
0: oh yeah, definitely for sure
1: it's a, a whole political thing there too,
0: yeah, we can get into a whole thing about this. This is very relevant to my audience. I feel like that you're the type person that could be more of an expert than me as as to that type of thing. <laughs> uh, well, um, or maybe just a novice. Who, who knows? But, um, anyway, um, but b- very briefly, we do have similarities in our background because, um, I did lose, um, my first love as well. Um oh, I'm sorry yeah me too unexp- very unexpectedly and um i I also um was struggling with like you said the the insecurities and the not accepting my disability, so you're right, that's very common for people that have physical disabilities, but mostly it's just especially when you're like me in a chair, it's like how do you come to terms with, you're in a chair, but you want to live an independent life, but there are certain things that I cannot do. And no matter, there are certain things that I figured I could not do, I realized I could do, but there's there's some things that I also realized I can do. And that leads to um insecurities um romantically too. Like when I was dating, there were things that I, and I'm still very young. But there were things so far in my dating journey that I realized, oh man, I couldn't I can't do this. Like for example, um being able to take care of my partner when she was injured, uh and and different things like that. Um these are things that I I can only provide emotional support and you have to be okay with that. Um so it's I understand it's it's very hard when you have a a disability, regardless of which... Because we both have CP, there's different forms of it. There's this spectrum I keep saying about that, but you still have to come to terms with whatever your limitations are and realize, oh man, this is what it is, and I can't change it, but I can do other things, and that's okay. Yeah. That. Yeah, I
1: couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah, that's that's really hard, but it also makes you valuable when it comes to what type of work you do, um, which I'm sure that motivated you to be an accessibility specialist and an advocate, right?
1: Yes, Um, when I uh, started in real estate, I realized that there wasn't any real estate agents I knew who really understood me or my disability, or for that matter, other folks who use wheelchairs or who have autism or who have multiple sclerosis or, have spinal cord injuries and on and on blind community deaf community and so i wanted to be that real estate agent and that's what i've been working on for nearly 20 years garrett <laughs>
0: oh that's awesome so yeah. so was it was it easy to become one or how did you yeah it,
1: uh, it, you know most everywhere in in the united states is pretty easy on a relative scale like if you compare yourself to doctor and lawyer and how hard it is to become a doctor or a lawyer Um, you know, uh, you have to go to school for years, you have to apprentice, you have to uh, pay lots and lots of money, get into heavy student loan debt, right? But getting a real estate license in most states is relatively inexpensive and relatively fast. I mean, California is one of the worst states, and you can still do it in less than half a year. Um, And so, uh, and for me, I, I was a little, what intimidated me about starting in real estate wasn't really about you know, being hard to get it the license, and but the idea of being a salesperson, the mm-hmm. idea of this mm-hmm. profession that I had a negative perception of, as being all about sell, 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 and the hard, you know, the kind of, uh, uh, kind of like in your face used car salesman kind of thing, which is a slap against used car salesmen. I'm sure there are some wonderful ones who might be listening to your show, but, but this idea that sales has to be pushy and intrusive was something that I had a bias about and I had to overcome that and and be able to relate to the world as someone who was like a consultant or a service provider. And it was easy in that sense in the end because that's uh, a community I want to serve. It's all about serving the disability community through real estate, uh, helping them with real estate stuff. So It was, uh, it worked, it worked, and that's why it's the longest career I've ever had, you know, I did a lot of things before that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that, that's interesting that you bring that up, that that's the longest career that you've ever had, because in general, that, that's where I've gone along my journey as well, is, it's trying to figure out, okay, this is what I want to do, Um, and, and the struggle of having people taking me seriously, like, understanding, like, no i'm uh, I'm a very reputable person, especially when I started um being a consultant um you know people pe- that I met with have said previously to me oh we we don't, we don't really respect you because you don't you don't have um a certification or you don't have and i th- talked to people about that they said, Garrett, you don't need a certification because you have a disability you have lived experience." So why would you? Yeah. Need, why would why would you need uh, all these people that say you don't need you don't have these credentials? Yeah, you need to learn more about the ADA, which I have, and you need to learn yeah. more about the relevant stuff. But you don't need all these credentials, and I I wonder did you have that happen to you where people didn't take you seriously? Um.
1: So certainly not in real estate. Um, I quickly found my community. I started networking, and uh, people saw value in what I was offering inside disability advocacy circles uh, really quickly, because I'm such a unicorn in that world. However, I can tell you a story of when I decided I wanted to become a journalist. I wanted to become a radio reporter, um, and... Uh, instead of, you know, going to a radio station and getting direct experience in the field, I decided to get a degree in it from a local university where I grew up. And there was this sense of imposter syndrome around that, because the guys, when you when I started working in the field, it was sort of like, well, you've got this fancy degree, but you don't have any experience. So, you know you know, until you get some experience under your belt, you're less legitimate than somebody who has been reporting and doing journalism for some time, you know. So that kind of thing was in the air. I still did it though. I got the degree and then I worked in radio for five years.
0: That's a, that's amazing. Was was John Huggenberry uh, from NPR? Was he was he doing um, radio when you were in the field?
1: I I have no idea, but I wouldn't know because I was up in Canada. I grew up in Canada and i did all my journalism for uh the canadian broadcasting corporation or the cbc
0: i've heard about them
1: yeah it's like the bbc but the canadian one um a great news organization and i was with them from let me think 95 94 no wait earlier than that 93 until about 99 I, i had a relationship doing different things i was a radio reporter i was a news editor um, I did a little bit of work as a com- uh, as a as a, a co-host on a, on on sort of like drive home shows, um, but I learned a lot and I realized that I didn't want to do that anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, went and did something else.
0: And 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 now you ha- don't you have I know you have accessibility matters, but in in di- addition to the podcast, do you have your own business or? Well, as
1: a real estate agent, all of us are kind of like running our own business. Even if we're affiliated with a big brokerage or a small brokerage, we still have to file with the IRS our taxes as if we were small businesses. And I certainly do. Um, But um, in terms of the journalism helping me, it was really, really good. Because when I started the podcast, I found doing the interviews, first of all, great fun. And I also found it came easy to me. I found I knew what I wanted to ask. I you know, I, I could prepare for these interviews. I knew exactly how to make a conversation with people and to listen to them and know where to go and have really, really great informational dialogues with people. And so I think that's one of the reasons the podcast has done as well as it's done is because there's value in the interviews I do that people like, you know.
0: Yeah, and your podcast, um, I love it because... And I oh, thank you. I I definitely I'm definitely going to include it in the show notes and I feel like all people should check it out because it's a, it's it's really a podcast that I feel like I wish like I had been listening to when I was in college. I don't know if you I think I know you just started it in and in, I believe it was 21, right? So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't when I was in college, but it would have been great because I myself were looking for podcasts in college. Um, yeah, when I was starting to look for housing and there was there was nothing out there. And it, I, I well, if, what was, what was it?
1: It fills a unique space, right? The reason I started the podcast, so it's called accessible housing matters. So you can just Google it. Um, and you don't need to have a link, although I'm glad you're going to put one in your notes. Um, but the thing about the podcast, Garrett, is that I started it. Uh, As a public service, and it's a labor of love. I'm not making any money from it. I don't do any advertising, although I suppose I could. But what I wanted to do is after, at that point, after 17 years in real estate, I thought, gee, I know all these smart disability advocates now. I know all these smart people. I want to interview them. And I was thinking to myself also that I kept hearing about all these podcasts about the affordable housing crisis, but nobody was talking about accessibility so yeah. I thought, this is great. I can maybe fill a little, create a little space, right? A little unique space on the,
0: in the, in the, in
1: the podcast world.
0: Yes. So, yeah. And you, you've done that. You've, I mean, I I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you, you really have made an impact on the world by doing this because uh, no, I'm, <laughs> seriously, I'm being, I mean, I'm being genuine and sincere about this, Stephen. because really like, like, I mean, this is something that's much needed in the in the podcast world, the media world. Nobody is talking about this. Nobody realizes how hard it is um i I think we've talked about this previously, but with with housing you have to you have to either pay rent and then and then get pay for the modifications for yourself or you have to get a housing um a house and then you have to pay put the dow payment on the house you have to do all this stuff on the house. And then you have to pay for the mortgage, and you have to pay for it. it's just so expensive to have a disability and yes. to add all these things on top of it. Um, one of the th- the things that I'm trying to do is really talk to lawmakers and really try to change that because you have things like the like the like the um Fair Housing Act that really really don't take into consideration um, by them not having the provisions like. Making it so uh, people don't have to get around the provision of um, making accessible units. And right now they have to pay a, a fine to get around it, which people would rather do. De- yeah, the, can,
1: yeah. yeah what, can I share
0: an example? Yeah, what were you going to say?
1: One of the things that really annoys me right now is that it isn't fair housing as much as it's, it's a policy decision. Yeah. So there's a lot of pressure, especially in big urban areas like where I live, for uh, cities and counties and states to create affordable housing, uh, housing that people can afford. And uh, typically, if there's government money involved in a big project, you typically have certain minimum standards around accessibility. I mean, you don't have a roll-in shower, but you'll have a big enough bathroom that a wheelchair can get in around, and circle in it. But anyway, these developers, these for-profit developers, in some communities where I live anyway... Uh, they have a requirement of a certain percentage of units that be less expensive, that be affordable. And they buy off the county or the city. They say, we'll pay. The city will say, you don't have to do it if you give us all this money. Give us this penalty payment and you don't have to do the affordable housing. And it's like that is an example, I think, of what, you know, uh, of how awful it is like, We should be making all of our housing accessible as a standard, Yeah. right? There shouldn't be a way that you can buy out of an obligation to provide accessible and affordable housing. There shouldn't be this idea that it's somehow suboptimal to make property. I mean, we have an aging population. You know, everybody could use a walk-in shower stall or or a roll-in shower stall. This isn't something that just people in wheelchairs want to use you know, and with an aging population as you get older, why should you be forced to move from your house? Because you can't get in and out of your bathroom anymore and don't have $20,000 to remodel it or whatever it costs. Yeah,
0: no, you're definitely right. People are, I think we've talked about this before, people are missing like a huge uh, business opportunity, a huge marketing opportunity. More real estate developers should do this. More for-profit companies should do this. Like they're, they're I mean... I, as we'll talk about on your podcast and also my podcast in a few weeks, there, there is a gentleman out there, um, in my neck of the woods who is dedicated to filling God, this... I'm
1: looking forward to yeah. that conversation. Me, <laughs> so me. we're gonna really promote him. We're gonna have him on your podcast and my yeah. podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the point is, there shouldn't, there shouldn't even be this, this niche in this, this area. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it shouldn't happen, and I mean, people i will I, I will say one thing before we wrap up. you know there are people that think um you know my my life my life and other people's lives with disabilities are so much easier right, but what they don't realize is there's yeah, it may be nice to sit in a chair and you don't have to walk you know like all all this time or have handicapped parking, but what they don't realize is you know you have to deal with a whole lot of crap that you don't have to, you wouldn't have to deal with if you were able-bodied and yes
1: like hidden hidden and subtle discrimination yes right? i mean i mean 50 years ago the discrimination was overt and out in the public now it's just hiding you yes. know like one of my favorite stories if i may quickly tell you a quick story yeah. is how uh when my first wife was sick uh she was had been able-bodied but she uh, developed uh, uh, illnesses and dis, and disabilities. And, uh, we had to have a wheelchair for her to go from place A to p- place B. So this is a perfectly vibrant woman, except for the fact that she's using, a, a a wheelchair because she doesn't have, uh, doesn't have the physical strength to walk anymore and, or walk long distances. So I'm, we have a manual chair. I'm pushing her around. We're in a medical establishment. Now this is, what, 10 years ago? Let me see, what year is it? Is this 2023? No, it was more than 10 years ago. I would say this is about 15 years ago. And we're pushing her in, we're inside a medical establishment and the care, not the doctors or nurses, but the care attendants, the third-party people, they're talking to me, they're not talking to her because I'm pushing the chair, right? Yep. I'm pushing the chair, she's sitting down. They think just because she's in the chair that suddenly she's not able to represent herself. And yep. this sort of thing happens all the time still, yeah, and, and you may have encountered it yourself.
0: Oh yeah, all, I all. find
1: that appalling.
0: Yep, all the time. And do you ever do you ever encounter people that qu- really quickly? Um, people that pray for you because people pray for. Can I can I pray for you or? Yeah,
1: I w- rarely. Once in a little while, I hear about it. I find that that is more a regional thing. Um, uh, having visited different parts of the country. You know, um, I don't encounter it as much out here where I am in the, you know, the Bay Area of California, um, San Francisco Bay Area. I don't encounter it that much. People might be thinking it, um, but I haven't heard it very much, but I can imagine in other parts of the country, uh, there may be this pity nonsense that goes on.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's one of the things I like where you are in California, um, I I think I told you, but people when I was out there uh, accepted me no question. That there are there, there are some strangers out here where I am, um, where they just will, like I was in, in the grocery store at Walmart just the other day, and someone fist bumped me. I was like, oh, I know what's about to happen, and sure enough, it's like, you know, there's a there's a church with people with disabilities. If you want to go, um, and uh, wow. God 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 bless you. Look it up. Look it up. It's this kind of church and. Like, as I'm wow. walking away, I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but. Wow. Yeah, it, it happens all the time. I mean, and, and. Granted, I mean, I mean. this I respect everybody's religion, of course, but, like, this, to assume that I would go to a church when you don't even know where I would go to worship is. Yeah. Is, is crazy.
1: Well, it's bias. It's, it's the subtle bias and discrimination born of ignorance. People just don't know, right? Uh, I don't think, I personally hold to the belief, and I know people disagree about this, but I personally hold to the belief that most human beings that we interact with are not trying to offend, are not trying to be inappropriate, you know, are not trying to be mean. It's just a lack of awareness, and there's an opportunity for education and helping to make our world a little better, which you're doing and which I hope I'm doing. And over time, things have improved and will continue to, I hope.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I think that's a great note to leave off on because I I personally do agree with your philosophy that all humans inherently are good. It just comes out where um, they were educated by society in ignorance and they, they don't even know any better. So we, that's our job to educate them. So yeah. that's what we're doing. So, well, thank you very much, Stephen, for having me, uh, for ha- for coming on to the podcast. I was talking like you were interviewing me, but I was interviewing you, but that's okay. We're, this is a natural podcast. Uh, for, for reference, I'm the host. But, yeah. <laughs> thank you for allowing
1: me to have a conversation with you garrett and to be on your podcast i hope that uh, it's been so much fun and i look forward to future discussions
0: yeah you're you're a permanent co- not to put you on the spot but you're a permanent co-host of the show if you want to be, like, oh, no, <laughs> whenever <laughs> like you'll, you'll be on subsequent episodes for sure
1: yeah i look forward to it
0: all right me too all right guys well thank you so much for listening and as I always say, uh, love will save the world, so just remember that, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.